0: This episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast is brought to you by listeners like you, who donated $1 a month through Craft Sanity's Patreon page. Learn more at CraftSanity.com.
1: Well, if you couldn't express yourself,
0: how would you de-stress yourself? And if you couldn't make and build and sing, and knit and paint and dance and spin, would you go crazy?
1: Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman-Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast, an interview show all about art, craft, and creativity. Hello, and welcome to episode 161. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling a little bit stressed. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, and that's putting it mildly. I've even been crying a lot lately. I mean, this has been incredible. I'm working on a project with my students at Grand Rapids Community College, a really intense writing project that we've been working on for months we're on deadline now, and it's incredibly stressful. My podcast is a day late. I'm so sorry, folks. But anyway, all this talk about stress, I'm not trying to stress you out, but um, I'm trying to raise awareness, folks, because actually April is National Stress Awareness Month. This is very fitting that we take a moment to pause and reflect on how much stress is in our life and what we can do. I was almost said maximize it. No, we don't want to maximize it. What we can do to manage it. I have a craft superhero who's about to join me in just a second here, and she is going to be able to show us how to nip this stress thing in the bud. Uh, Who's my guest this week? Hi, this is Twinkie Chan. All right, Twinkie Chan. We are going to be having a great conversation. Twinkie and I laughed a lot during this interview. It was really fun, and I was not stressed at the time that I did the interview. (laughs) So it's going to be good for me to listen to this chat we had again, because like I said, man... I'm feeling it. I'm really feeling stressed. Twinkie Chan is the prolific crochet artist who does a lot of food related accessories and other hand crocheted items. You can find her work over at twinkiechan.com. She has a brand also. She is the the powerhouse behind Yummy You by Twinkie Chan. It's a clothing and accessories line. She has just uh, amazing creativity and very cute pink hair. (laughs) I might add. You're going to be very inspired and I think entertained during this interview because Twinkie and I talk about her career as a crochet artist and how she kind of transitioned from a day job to this very creative work that she's doing independently and the challenges of keeping this thing going. So it looks like all fun and games, but obviously running a business is is super hard work and Twinkie is going to be able to talk to us about how she makes it all work. also want to let you know that there's going to be a free pattern available, actually two free patterns available at CraftSanity.com because Twinkie Chan worked in conjunction with the Craft Yarn Council. We talked about this starting on last week's episode, 160. We kind of introduced the whole concept of what the Craft Yarn Council is doing to raise awareness about the stress-relieving qualities of knit and crochet As a result, their Twinkie designed a crochet pattern, and then they also posted a free knitting pattern. And I'll have both of those at craftsanity.com. And these patterns are for making lemons. So when life gives you lemons, you just squeeze the daylights out of them and (laughs) um, make yourself some, you know, figurative lemonade. So there's a lemonade stress ball pattern in knit and crochet. The only regret I have about this is I don't have one made right now because I need one today, folks. I really do. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, I want to thank my sponsors, my Patreon sponsors, for being so awesome and sponsoring this podcast and keeping it going. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I also want to thank Ted and his crew over at ACSHomeandwork.com for keeping me inspired to do printmaking on their awesome towels. I actually just did a print session yesterday where I was working on some, some scrap fabric. I print on their towel fabric and I love it. And I was making um, little patches that kind of go along with the school project that I'm doing. I really was exhausted and didn't have time to print, but I kind of needed to. So um, just like knitting and crocheting, I, I think I find other forms of art really helpful too. And it's really important that we manage our stress. It's just so incredibly important. It's good for our hearts. It's good for our minds. And it's just great to take a load off mentally and be able to get back into the creative zone. So, all right. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, whatever you prefer, and settle in for a fun chat. With Twinkie Chan.
0: Hi, this is Twinkie Chan. I'm 38 years old and I live in San Francisco, California.
1: I'm so used to hearing your name, you know, in the craft circles and seeing your work that it, I don't really bat an eyelash um, right. a, about this. But um, do you get that question a lot? Do people ask you about your name?
0: Like if it's my real name? Yeah. and People just kind of accept it, actually. Like I yeah. think they know it's probably not my real name, but no one ever really asks, oh, and can we, what's your real name? Like no one, everyone just sort of accepts kind of what's presented in right, the whole right. package and yeah
1: <laughs> So yeah so so is it your real name no
0: it's not okay
1: okay no no No. (laughs) yeah so do you I mean do you share your real name or do you just go by Twinkie um I normally
0: don't like it's not like I'm scared that someone's gonna come murder me but I think just for like the sake of like clarity and the brand and just not so there's no confusion I just have sort of adopted it as my artist name so yeah no that works my real name is so common there's eight million of me anyway so I'm like I'm not really nervous about that part but right right yeah Okay. So how long have you been going by Twinkie? I started my website like in 2005, so about 10 years.
1: When did you learn to crochet? Was this a a childhood uh, endeavor or was this something you got into when you were older?
0: Um, Well, I definitely learned when I was younger. My best friend's grandmother was watching us in San Diego for a week and (laughs) she was big into crocheting and sewing. Like she was like the domestic goddess and i think to keep like two 10 year old girls occupied she decided to teach us how to crochet so her thing i think was just like don't crochet if you have anything better to do, you know, because I think she didn't want us to like avoid our homework or anything. Right. But um, I just think it's funny because now it's sort of like I have done the exact opposite of what she said. So, <laughs> sorry, Grandma Wendleton. It. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's, it's always the best thing to do. So
1: Does she know what you do? I mean, does she?
0: No, she unfortunately passed away oh. well, well before I had started any of this. So oh, hopefully so she, no she somehow
1: knows. She probably... Well, I yeah. believe, I believe there's a craft table in the sky I really Aww. do um, and because I, I know some ladies that are at it and saving me a seat and I'm like I won't Aww. be there anytime soon I'm going to take a long time to get there the longest yeah. time I can but when I get there we are yeah. going to crochet and do all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, so she might be looking down from that table um, and being like, wow, I, yeah. I know that. I told her not Look to crochet what I did. that much. Yeah. And I'm glad she didn't listen, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So you were how old about at that point when you learned to crochet? Um, I was 10. 10. Okay, so that's pretty early. So yeah. yeah, it's 10 years old. And was it something that right away did you start not listening to her and crocheting yeah. all the time? Or did you wait a while to start just was... crocheting all the time? I was a good student.
0: I did my homework like I was supposed to. Um, But... I've always just loved yarn, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've I've loved the yarn maybe even more than the crocheting. So once you start (laughs) buying all the cool yarn, you need to do something with it. Right, to make room for more yarn. Totally. (laughs) So I would be like the weird little girl buying like, I didn't know what I was buying, but I didn't know if if I was buying like super fancy, expensive yarn. So I think I would wander into these like local yarn shops and they'd be like, what are you doing here? Like (laughs) buying alpaca? You don't even know what you're doing. Um but yeah so I I really loved crocheting um as like a gift giving medium you know right, like right. for you could make these little odd gifts for people so I wouldn't be crocheting all the time but if I had like a grandparents birthday coming up or something then I would try to think of something fun to make and give them
1: So were you doing original patterns even when you started out? I mean were you trying to do your own thing from the get go? Kind of yeah I mean
0: for a while like I I had to teach myself how to read patterns. Like, Grandma Wendleton did not teach us how to read the patterns. She just sort of taught us, you know, here's how to chain and here's how to single crochet. And that's sort of all we got for that week. Right um so for a while yeah you're just making blobs and just kind of figuring out like (laughs) how do you make a square and right yeah so I would I would try to make like little dolls and stuff for my family um and I wasn't by any means writing patterns because I didn't know how to read them at that point but so you're just sort of everything is sort of free form and random and yeah but still fun and creative
1: (laughs) when you got to college what did you pursue at the college level when I applied to
0: college, I thought I was going into the sciences because I thought I wanted to get into, like, biotech and genetic engineering. <laughs> All right. But once I got into college, I think I had my rebellious years really late, and then I just wanted to read, like, beat poetry. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm an English major, and I my focus was in creative writing and fiction. Okay. So I have a writing background, and then I ended up working in publishing for 10 years.
1: When you were working in publishing, was it craft publishing or was it um, what
0: No <laughs> <laughs> We wanted to make money. You know?
1: <laughs> uh, oh, that's so funny.
0: <laughs> so it's like self help and we had we actually had one Oprah novel, which was really great for a oh, company. Wow. Yeah. So we were, you know, my boss was like, you know, you gotta look for the stuff that you think is gonna be best selling. So, right.
1: so did yeah. you get to meet Oprah? No. Oh, we man. just watched on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I no. see it was one of her, oh, it was one of Oprah's books that she selected. Yeah, oh, back when she okay. had her book club. Yeah, this was Oprah's. Yeah, because I was gonna say I don't think Oprah wrote a novel <laughs> that come to think of oh, it. Oh <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, it
0: wasn't Oprah's novel. Yeah, it was Oprah's book club.
1: Oh my yeah. goodness. So so you were doing that for ten years and were you mm-hmm. still crocheting? Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Kind of towards the end, like right before I left publishing, like in two thousand five. I actually moved into San Francisco, the city proper, like I kind of grew up and lived in the suburbs around it. But once Mm -hmm. I actually moved into the city, like, I mean, there was a temperature drop. So I just started making scarves for myself. And that's sort of where this whole side crocheting thing started
1: to happen. Now, were they
0: food related scarves? yes (laughs) yes okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. they sure were yeah.
1: <laughs> so tell me what about what was the first scarf first food related scarf you did
0: well I mean in the very very beginning again like I had sort of a yarn obsession but I noticed <laughs> I was buying yarn that reminded me of food uh- so like <laughs> you know if it's like pink and fluffy it's like cotton candy right. or if it's like yellow it looks like scrambled eggs like I was really into hand spun yarn because it had that cool texture Oh yeah you know? yeah so I mean the first scarves I made were just kind of like color explosions that reminded me of food and then that's when I started to take it one step further and you know I'm going to actually start crocheting food shapes and I can't remember exactly maybe what the very first one was, but I mean, even from the get-go, I, I already had like the buttered toast scarf and the green salad scarf. And like the, the cupcake scarf, which I think became really popular, really went through a lot of incarnations before mm-hmm. it looked like it does. Like the, the first one just really didn't look that much like a cupcake, but you
1: know, <laughs> I had to work on it. <laughs> so, yeah. It took a little bit. It was a buttered toast one of the, because I remember seeing that one early on. I mean, I it, remember that. That might
0: have. When I first launched my website, yeah, there were like maybe 10 food scarves and I know toast was in there. There was a weird cupcake and a salad. Um, I had some kind of weird ones in the beginning that I never made again, like peas and carrots. <laughs> um, there was yeah. a spaghetti one that was kind of a mess. Like, you know, you still, you're kind of figuring stuff out right. as you go. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: No, I mean, yeah, I think I'm still I'm I'm still making some stuff sometimes. and I'm thinking, what am I doing? But that's oh, for sure, that. it doesn't
0: always turn out. Well. Yeah,
1: it's part of the process, though, and I think it totally, um, yeah. I mean, because I can see where peas and carrots might not be as appealing. Yeah. Unless someone's really into vegetables, I'm a vegetarian, but um, right, I, I don't you know, like I don't like peas though. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: you might not want to wear that color, like you know, it's like a color thing, right?
1: Yeah. Right. So, so when at what point did you know? Like, you started. So, you were were you still in publishing that when you started the website? Yes. Okay. So when you you started this website and what did you call your website? Is it what it's called now? Was it Twinkie? Yeah, it was
0: always TwinkieChan.com. Okay. Yeah.
1: Did you start going by Twinkie Chan because of your crocheting, or was that just earlier on? In your life.
0: No, I did. Well, because I was still in publishing, even though I have a really like common real name, I didn't want my publishing clients to think in case they Googled me that I was doing this whole other thing and not like, you know, 100% focused on them. <laughs> so I really wanted it to sort of be like on the down low. you know? no, no, wait and a I, second. Like, wait a separate. second. Did you
1: really think this was going to stay on the down low?
0: Well, I I had no idea actually, you know, like back then it's sort of like everyone had a vanity website yeah, and I was like, well, yeah. maybe I'll just have one, you know, and this, I'll put kind of some funny stuff on it and, you know, it'll just sort of be my own little thing. I had no idea. Your
1: own little quiet secret. I had no idea scarf. anyone would care More that
0: some weird girl was making <laughs> weird scarves, you know, like you just never know. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh People will God. ask me like, what was your business plan? I'm like, I totally didn't have one. You know, Yeah, yeah goofing well, off. Yeah, you yeah. just did your thing. So you so you put the scarves up there and did you have like – I didn't look back to see it. To, I didn't backtrack to your very first blog post or anything. But do you remember how you presented this to the world? I don't think
0: that I had a blog attached to the website at that time. Okay. It was really more of like a storefront okay. and I had – The person I was dating at the time wasn't really working. And I was like, you're going to build me a website. (laughs) (laughs) And so he um, hand drew like a refrigerator and it had little foods in it. Um, And you would like click on the foods to go to different sections of the website. And so it was mostly just like, it was really just a vanity website and it would just click onto these 12 scarves. And they sold within, like, a week. And then, like, because I didn't know how to update my own website. It just had these, like, dead sold items on it probably for, like, a year because I didn't
1: know what I was doing. Well, where was he? He was no longer in the picture or –
0: Cause... Uh, yes, that is correct.
1: Oh, okay. okay. I was going to say, wait, what was this he was long doing? Time during... ago. Yeah, and I is, don't know. It yeah. is kind of hard. It is kind of hard if you're no longer in the relationship with the person to make <laughs> yeah. them do your website.
0: Could you?
1: Yeah. I know we're not no. speaking anymore, but I can know. you like update my website? Right. Totally.
0: <laughs> you are not busy or anything. Whatever. I don't want yeah.
1: anything else to do with you, but can yeah. you please update Aww. my website? Oh yeah. my goodness. Okay. So that, so that, you know, was, you knew you had a successful thing though.
0: Well, I did, like, especially, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Giant Robot and Giant Robot Magazine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I am. And I know that they, they kind of introduced you to the world.
0: He's always been super supportive, and I think after that article came out, I mean, that's how I met my business partner. And that was just so helpful. So I think once people started, you know, wanting to cover it in magazines and blogs and things like that, I sort of got an inkling that like, oh, there's something here like, you know, something appealing to other people who are not just me. (laughs) So
1: yeah, (laughs) right. So that was very cool. And so then did you start selling things again, after the exposure through the magazine?
0: Yeah. I I mean, for a while, like in the beginning, I thought I was going to use my website as a shop. But the whole e-commerce thing was kind of weird for me to figure out on my own. So I started selling on eBay. And I was still at my job at the time. So I would just do like random eBay auctions, maybe like once every three months or so. Mm -hmm. So it really became kind of this bidding frenzy because I didn't release very much product and it was very little at a time so i even though that wasn't intentional it was probably really great for my for my brand mm-hmm. because it became this kind of like collectible rare. Um, You know, people would sign up for my mailing list. So they'd know when the eBay auctions were going live. So that was I think eBay was a really great platform for me at the time. And it's probably different now. But back then, like eBay was the thing.
1: Right. And now you're now you're on you're on Etsy. And do you sell directly from your own website as well?
0: No, I pretty much been sticking to Etsy. I mean, I I still get a lot of great traffic from there. So the climate on Etsy might be changing since yeah, yeah. It is <laughs> they're going change. public and who yeah. knows what'll happen and and all this stuff evolves all the time and there's probably going to be a next new website so we'll see what happens
1: right right yeah I know some of us who've been on Etsy for a while we're kind of hanging on
0: to see yeah. what
1: happens next but change yeah. is weird but change we'll see <laughs> is very weird <laughs> yeah. yes so you're in this situation where you know you're you kind of uh, transitioned out of your job now did you know that you were going to go directly to crocheting at that point or did you leave your job because of the crocheting was really taken off or what was the impetus that made you go full blast with what you're doing now
0: there was this weird transition period um, my bosses my former boss had always been really supportive of my creative side and there was a point where she was like you know like you should be in the office half time and try to focus on your own business half the time. And for me that was I was like really generous and crazy and but I thought it would be crazier not to take her up on it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of doing this half and half thing for maybe like nine months. And I realized I can't be fifty fifty. Like I thought that I wasn't doing a good job on either front. Right. And I, I had to make a choice. And at that time, I mean Industries are always changing. Publishing was changing. The kind of books that I wanted to handle as an agent were not really the ones that were making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was kind of becoming a little disillusioned with that side of it as well. And so I was like, you know, there's this moment. I have this guy who wants to work with me to mass produce my product. Like, I just have to give it a chance. You know, like the world is saying to give it a chance. So I didn't really know what I was doing. But, yeah, I did leave. Um, my publishing job to try to develop the crafty and crochet side of it.
1: And what year was that when you left your your job?
0: Maybe like 2009.
1: Was that nerve wracking for you, or did you feel pretty confident about it?
0: It was nerve wracking. <laughs>
1: it's, yeah. it's still.
0: I'm going to be honest. It's still nerve wracking. Yeah, you know? yeah, Like working for yourself and in the apparel industry, and the, like I don't know what's ever going to happen next.
1: I think that you have just such a unique brand and such a fun brand that you know, and you got out there early enough. So people kind of have to chase you because yeah. you are like the original food uh, scarf I, lady. I don't think I, I've seen anybody else. Just the the fun attitude that you bring to it as well. I think your work is recognizable to a lot of people. Uh, right. They, they're like, oh, yeah, that must be a Twinkie Chan yeah. scarf, you know. And that's got to be pretty gratifying, too.
0: Oh, it is cool. Like my sister-in-law was on a plane once and she was wearing one of my scarves and she thought it was super cool. Like the girl next to her was like, oh, did is that? By Twinkie Chan <laughs> my sister and I was like why yes it is you know? <laughs> people have these little stories like that which I think are super
1: cool yeah well and they it's fun too because it's um you can't get a scarf like this and not smile about it because indeed it's yeah. really I mean unless you're very grumpy yeah <laughs> true and there are grumpy people out there <laughs> and so when in 2009 when you ha- you met a business partner Was this Mm -hmm. somebody that right away was like, hey, can we mass produce these? Were you having to decide if you were going to try to make, you know, thousands and thousands of scarves for people one at a time? um, Or or if you were going to try to still have a life outside of your house where you could actually afford to stop stitching for a second uh, and have that mass. Like, how did that work? The whole question of do I do this or not? And what does that mean? And so what was that like, that whole mass production well the
0: the mass production was definitely it was not going to be just me. <laughs> Maybe right, of course. These guys. Not. I mean, that's impossible. So and he and I actually connected in like two thousand six. So it kind of took me a while to get there because right. you know, I I was kind of coming at it from more of like sort of um an artisanal side. Right, <laughs> you know. Of course. And so when you hear the word mass produce, like am I selling out? Like what's the quality of the product going to be? So it really took me a while to be okay with that idea. And mm-hmm. he was like, Look, you're an artist and you need to make money and what's there to feel bad about? Like, you know, it's still gonna be great product. It's you know, you're gonna be in control. So um when we actually, you know, put together a deal and started putting things into production in 2010, like I had already been
1: sort of mulling over this whole
0: idea for a couple of years. Right. right OK. Um, so how
1: does that work? Um, do you have a team of people that work with you? I mean, do you or is this done near your house or where, where do they do the production?
0: Well, what happened was at first we thought that we were going to, you know, he was going to invest money and maybe we want I wanted to keep it made in the US, which ultimately we are not able to do. But um, but he was like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we'll find like a, you know, a team in L.A. because he's in L.A. and, you know, we'll we'll make small um, batches of these. But what ended up happening is he hooked me up with an apparel company so that uh, my brand could be an arm of their brand. Okay. And they went and sourced um, a factory and I I know it's I have very mixed feelings about sourcing overseas but I mean everything even though we're using the word mass produced for crochet it really still has yeah. to be handmade yeah that's the they
1: thing c- you can't mass produce a yeah. crocheted item
0: the machine can't replicate right. it so right. it's still it's still very laborious <laughs> you right know? And so it's still um, a high production cost. And when you try to get into a retailer like Macy's or even Hot Topic, you know, they want to pay X amount of money for a scarf. So we have all these margins to keep in mind, too. So um, while I would love to keep things made in the U.S., it's just been impossible for us. And so they are made overseas. But... um, we are sort of changing the model for Yummy You, which is the name of the mass line. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to bring the production back sort of more in-house so we have more control and we're kind of doing it on our own. So we'll see what
1: happens. Okay. So are you trying to bring production to the U.S. or what are you thinking?
0: I would like to, but again, I think it's just, it's a cost thing right. and will require a lot of research. So we'll so see. So how
1: much, when for your retail price, how much is a scarf, a Yummy You scarf, Um scarf? For someone, or it, the, for the product line, just so people have an idea, because like crocheters are going to know that you right, know, you can't get in the United States someone to crochet something for, you know, a really cheap uh, price. yeah We the retailers wanted
0: to keep our product at nine ninety nine, which as a crocheter, wait, you're like that's impossible, wait, right? What did you say?
1: Nine ninety nine? No, twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. So that's the <laughs> yeah. that's the out the door price. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. that's and that's considerably less than what when you make something and you're signing on Etsy and people are buying direct from you. They're yes. paying they're paying more. And right. so that so I no, I can understand um I can understand that dilemma though, because you as an artist you do need to be able to make money off your designs and, and so forth, but there's no way you can possibly make uh, scarves and sell them for twenty nine ninety nine yourself. No. There's just no. no way you can do it. So for you, you've been able to have the second brand then. Uh, you have your name brand line that's directly uh, – do you make all the products that are in your Etsy shop?
0: Um, I do have some helpers. I have like three or four other girls who help me with that product as well. Okay. Just because if I'm just always constantly crocheting orders, I don't have time to design new things or – you know, work on fun promos with other companies. So I really also need the help for my Etsy shop, but I still ship everything. So they send me everything and I see everything and I usually put finishing touches on stuff and I I pack all the
1: orders and stuff like that. So, so you're I, seeing everything come through. Yeah. 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 And do you have time to crochet a lot? I mean, how often do you crochet now? Um, I mean I'm still
0: crocheting like every day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can you not I'm always behind. <laughs> There's always something to crochet. Yeah. yeah
1: well and so for you it's just uh you're you're still seeing you're, you're shipping out your orders and you're staying connected to that business and you're yeah. you've designed I mean how many things have you designed now I mean there's got to be I don't know how many patterns oh gosh I don't
0: though. know I have no idea I mean there's also a lot of stuff I've made that doesn't have a pattern yet you know like people are asking me like oh when are we getting the teacup scarf pattern or oh when are we getting you know this other pattern I'm like hey hold on like
1: <laughs> I'm one person I'm still kind of one person so right and yeah. you I understand you have another book coming out because you had your first, i do yeah and for those who we'll back up the first book you did was twinkie chan's crochet i can't uh, goodies or um yeah for...
0: crochet goodies for fashion foodies okay
1: <laughs> yeah so you're it's for crafty foodie uh people out there and yeah. when did that book come out that's been a little while
0: yep that was in 2010 okay
1: so 2010 first book and now have you already written the book? No. Okay. (laughs) I'm doing that right now. Okay, right (laughs) now. Now. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Your first book came out in 2010. And it was Mm -hmm. mostly scarves, because that's what people were asking for at that point. And you were just kind of getting into releasing your patterns. You had not published them before. For your second book, what are you looking to do to kind of build on what you've already put out there?
0: For the second book, I wanted to focus more on home goods, like um, making your house more yummy. Uh, Just also for people who may not necessarily feel um, like, they want to wear <laughs> fun <food laughs> items. At least they can have fun projects and sort of liven up their house. Right, um, right. I, I've been also releasing some patterns for housewares, and I get a really good response to them. So um, I thought it would be cool to sort of explore more home goods. And, yeah. But everything is still useful, though. Like, I don't really like just making plush toys and having them sit on a shelf. Like I really try to make sure that even though the products, I mean, they're all still food themed and they're all like really kitschy and unique, but they all still kind of have a use, you know, like it looks like an ice cream cone, but it's a loofah, you know, like that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it, well, I think there's, it's just fun. I mean, the the designs are really fun that you come out with. And uh, so I think this would be fun for people who maybe don't want to have a very attention grabbing scarf,
0: Right, they can right.
1: use uh, something very attention grabbing in the privacy of their own home. Yeah, and maybe feel... and it's a fun gift too. Yes, they're they're
0: great for gifts and yeah. I think it'll be really fun for everybody. I so, hope.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, were you approached to do the first book, or did you try to? Were you trying to actively sell uh, a book? I mean, did you want to do a book and pursue that option, or did someone come to you and say, "Hey, Twinkie, we'd like you to do a book with us"? Well, the book was kind of. It was random.
0: <laughs> um, at the time, I was hesitant because we were also thinking about you know mass producing, and my partner was sort of like, "Well, you're giving away the secrets if you're you know selling a book." But to me, it was sort of, "Well, those are two different markets." I think people who crochet and people who don't. Right. No, um, they are two
1: different markets for sure.
0: So there, we were kind of hemming and hawing over what the right um, strategy would be for that, and so ostensibly the book and the Yummy You line were sort of supposed to launch around the same time. And um, so I had a licensing agent at the time. And um, the first deal that they brought to me was a book. And I was like, oh, I didn't know we were shopping a book. (laughs) So it was a surprise to me. (laughs) Um, But since we had, you know, this deal on the table, we're like, well, you know, the
1: universe is saying to do it. So let's just do it. (laughs) Right, right. Well that's pretty exciting so, so yeah it was definitely a surprise <laughs> now did you find that you were able to navigate this whole book deal world because you had worked in publishing did that help you feel like you had kind of an inside track about just how to kind of go through that process since you had worked the other side of it in your own professional experience yeah for
0: sure I mean I had every worst expectation <laughs> you know <laughs> but I my first publisher was Andrews McNeil and it was awesome so me having kind of knowledge of the horror stories like I I mean it was like dreamy like they sent me on a small book tour which I never expected because it's expensive and they really involved me in the book design and I mean they were just great so it was an awesome experience (laughs) and maybe if I hadn't known the horror stories I don't know if I would have more complaints but since I knew how sometimes it can get really bad
1: (laughs) I thought it was the best that's awesome yeah and the book tour thing is like so unheard of these days I
0: know for sure yeah it's like a blog
1: tour and it's like hey you're going to stay at your house and we're going to have bloggers talk about you
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it's not as exciting as
1: the whirlwind go to different cities you know it sounds
0: yeah yeah. it sounds fancy but yeah
1: it was I was very lucky yeah good for you and so are you doing a second book with the same publisher? or who are you with now?
0: No, no, um, I'm with a different publisher. Um, it's Quarto, and my imprint is Creative Publishing. And yeah, it's very—I mean, it's it's a hundred percent different. It's very different.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> um, I think they're they're more of a specialty publisher and they have a very different workflow so i'm sort of also it's a it's a very different writing experience so i'm still sort of feeling that out it's very new still so. okay
1: so you're so you're just in that writing phase right now yeah okay. yeah and when is your book expected to be out when it, when can people kind of look for it in their local bookstore
0: if i can deliver
1: it on time <laughs> oh you will
0: <laughs> hopefully you totally
1: will. um spring 2016 like okay. early spring 2016 very cool yep all right. And so this is going to just build on that collection. So those who are out there wearing your scarves, they can um, be uh, decorating their homes with all this cool stuff.
0: Indeed. And,
1: yeah. And and so for, for you, this whole experience of being – because you've been independent now, you know, working on your own brand for uh, – since about – officially it sounds like about 2010 or 2009 – yeah. But yep. 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 So are you feeling like I know you said that you still feel like it's kind of like, you know, you got to stay on your toes. You can't really. Yeah. You know, it's take, a
0: hustle. You can't yeah. take a
1: nap, you know, and just be like, no. yeah, whatever. I'm just going <laughs> to call in today. You know, no problem. Yeah. Um, You know, you got to hustle and, and be out there. But are you feeling like it does it get easier, though, as you go? I mean, do you get just you get a feel for the like, the flow of things and feel like, OK, I've got this. Are you are you at that point where you feel comfortable just being independent or is it kind of like a constant state of uh, a little bit of concern the whole time? <laughs> um, to, I mean, it, to
0: be honest, it is a little, I mean, when you're running your own business um, and especially if it's like, I mean, for the apparel end of it, like trends are always changing, right. you know? So sometimes you can ride that and sometimes it really works against you so you kind of never know what's around the corner in the right. apparel industry, um, but it's because I am sort of, I sort of do have two arms of my business, this is the yummy you apparel side and then sort of more of the crafty pattern um, crochet side. So, I mean, as far as the crafty crochet side, I think I've really kind of hit my groove. I'm um, starting to do, like, tutorials on YouTube and, you know, getting more patterns in magazines. So that, to me, like, I'm really grateful for. Like, people are still interested in what I'm doing, (laughs) and um, they're always asking for patterns so in that sense like you know so grateful for my audience and they always you know want more so I feel like there's definitely always opportunity for me on that end of it so yeah I mean I mean again it is always a hustle and we don't really know what's around the corner and but you know we'll see what happens <laughs> it's still so, fun so
1: well then if yeah if you're still having fun you know that you're doing what you're supposed to do is is your business uh just the structure of your business is it Like half and half, like crafty patterned stuff and then apparel. Or is apparel bigger than the crafty side of it? Is it a 50-50 thing or is it divided differently?
0: Do you mean like time spent or do you mean like like, revenue?
1: Well, maybe – I guess I'm asking both. How would you describe the breakdown?
0: It's kind of difficult to describe because for the apparel side, it really comes in spurts. It's not like – I mean because – I mean, that the, the apparel side, I mean, we've been doing it for a couple years. But to me, it's still a baby, you know. Like, mm-hmm. it's still kind of getting its feet on the ground. And so, um, it's not like a regular paycheck. <laughs> it's just kind of like, um, you know, if we start working with a company, there might be an advance. So, it might be like a good chunk of money. But you might not get another good chunk of money for a little while.
1: I see. Okay. Um,
0: but, but the crafty Etsy um, craft fair side of it, I have – kind of more control over, and that's kind of more steady, Okay. even though the numbers look smaller. So. Yeah, but you know, yeah, it's,
1: it's you, probably more frequent you're going to be able to turn off profit on that side. Yeah. 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 What do you wish you would have known when you started your independent business?
0: This is going to sound really trite, but follow your instinct. Like, trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I found that when I started working with other people, like, you think that they might know more than you because you're new to an industry. But I think deep down, we have great instincts mm-hmm. and um, we should not stray from our own visions, even if other people are telling you it's wrong. Like if you have an idea for what you want, you should really stick with it. If you have an idea of, of how you want things to work, like you should stick with that and do your best to try to make that happen. Because it can be scary. You can be it, sometimes you can feel like you're bullied by other people. People because they're higher up in their company or they've been mm-hmm. in the industry longer, yeah. but it's your brand, it's your name. Um, if something's going to go wrong, like I would rather blame myself than like some other company. You know, like I just I would want to have control. So.
1: Right. Right. And I think when you stumble and it's your own decision, like you make a choice and you're like, oh, that didn't work out. There's something about the learning experience and the takeaway. But when it's something that you were kind of pushed to do. Then there's a the whole resentment factor with somebody yeah, else involved. Yeah, regret. Yeah. 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 Why just, didn't it, I do what I wanted to yeah. do? Yeah. And so when you go out and you greet the public, and so when you're at a craft show or an art fair, what kind of reaction do you get? I mean, do people freak out when they meet you or what What do they no, do? No, it's not like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel like I'm like famous or – it's not – No. <laughs>
0: I mean, when I go to a craft fair, uh, it is really, I mean, people want to take pictures with you or it's really cute when, like, the little girls, you know, say, like, oh, like, I want to take a picture with you. But it actually, I will tell a small story. I travel and um, I was in Ireland once. And to me, it was the most random place for someone to walk up to me and go, Twinkie Chan, what are you doing in my country? <laughs> like, I'm like, how do you know? What? She's like, I wrote a paper at school about you and your brand and she's like I'm going to show you the places to go and it was really cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing in my country (laughs) yeah
0: so to me what's really cool is when I travel and people are like what like hello like what do you do like I'm in Chicago or whatever like that's kind of cool like just sort of like the one random person when you're at the train station or even when I'm at the grocery store like that's kind of neat and they, they think they think it's creepy and weird but i'm like no it's not creepy it's creepier when people email me after and they go like i didn't want to say you. hi but i saw you yeah I'm like, i was watching say hi next you time. Yeah. <laughs> i saw you coming out of safeway yeah think, um okay
1: <laughs> yeah that is that is a little creepy that part yeah so you'd rather have people now are you usually yes. wearing food scarves or do people just recognize you from just no, you're the, the look.
0: I don't. I don't even have to be wearing one of my scarves. Yeah. yeah, I think it's just that's why I'm like, well, now I could not dye my hair back because no one will know who I am. Yeah, you, you lose your <laughs> whole
1: identity now. Yeah, yeah, so completely. You will be racking this, and but, yeah. you, but you like the pink. You know, is, is that your I favorite, do? Is that your favorite yeah. color?
0: You know, I want to say no, but it probably is. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I see a lot of pink in your work, but um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But you can—I mean, feel free to change your favorite color. But yeah, you want to hesitate though. You can't really change your hair color though, right? (laughs) Yeah. And what color? I think you said in your Q and A. I think that was really funny. Do people ask you what color your hair is, like, to try to figure out how what color you're using? Oh, go,
0: like what hair dye? It yeah, is? do they
1: do that? Because I thought, do you have that in your Q and A? I thought I saw it somewhere.
0: I might because yeah, people kept emailing me about <laughs> it. And actually, the Q and A is pretty old. I should look at that. I think it's actually a different answer now. But
1: <laughs> yeah. okay, yeah, no. So it's it's yeah. funny. So people really, um, they not only want to know your crocheting techniques, but your fashion, your your hair routine as well. I mean. <laughs> they're-
0: people have copied my tattoos as well oh seriously
1: wow (laughs) oh my goodness that's
0: interesting I mean I don't think it's because oh I want to be like her I think it's like oh that's a cute thing I would like that you know right right well and it's
1: it's really interesting because you probably never imagined when you were 10 and you were crocheting (laughs) learning to crochet that this was going to become like Uh your life's work I mean yeah you know I mean that's got to be kind of interesting and I mean do you when you sit down and is crocheting still like, is it fun for you still? I mean, do you still love it? Or is it I different I do. Now?
0: I do. I mean, of course it's a little different. Anytime something becomes your job, you know, there are deadlines right. and it is, it does have a different, sometimes I am like, I just don't want to crochet anymore. <laughs>
1: make it stop. You're like
0: crying because you have to make some yeah. more scarves. <laughs> of like band-aids all over your fingers (laughs) um no but i still love it i mean it's still it's you know it's a chance to be creative i really like that feeling of taking something from a sketch and making it into real life and that's always a good
1: feeling and that's forever going to be a good feeling some people schedule out like okay i'm gonna blog today and i'm gonna do a photo shoot and i'm gonna do i mean do you have it really blocked off or do you kind of uh go a little more whimsical about your time and how you spend it with your business I'm
0: the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm kind of driven by deadline. So if there's like a crochet project that I really have to do, then I kind of focus on that 100%. And then maybe I'll blog like the next day. Like my like I really try to blog as regularly as possible, but I will always put the crochet first. Um, So sometimes, you know, I'm upset that I can't blog for a week, but like, I just really have a lot of deadlines I need to take control over. So I don't really block it off um, in a really organized way. I'm just sort of like, what needs to be done? Like what fire needs to be put out right now? And it's not a really great way (laughs) to organize one's life. But that's just sort of how it's been happening for me so far.
1: What I was going to try to do is kind of segue into your work that you're doing with the Craft Yarn Council and what they asked you to do. So they contacted you, it sounds like, and what did they ask you to do?
0: Well, I had worked with the Craft Yarn Council previously because for a year I wrote patterns for Michaels online. Mm -hmm. And um, I think the Craft Yarn Council must have been talking to Michaels about a project, like putting. a crochet class together with a pattern so I had worked with the craft yarn council to make a scarf pattern for them to mm-hmm. teach at the michael stores so they already kind of knew who I was and i had worked with them before and um yeah so out of the blue Jenny from the craft yarn council asked if I would want to help them create a pattern for a stress ball for national stress awareness month so she was like, "What do you th- like? Do you have ideas for what this stress ball might look like?" Like they <laughs> didn't really have a suggestion. They were just like, "You stress ball, yes, no." And um, so I was like, "Yeah, let me think about that for a second. And I was like thinking about the shape of the stress ball, and I was like, right. "Oh, let's do donut holes because you know me, I want everything with pink and sprinkles." <laughs> but I was like, uh, "We could also do." Um, lemons like you know when life gives you lemons and they really like that angle so that's how we came up with the idea to make the lemon stress ball for the national stress awareness month
1: and so this will be you're doing you did the crochet pattern and then they're gonna they're gonna come up with a knitted pattern as well so the knitters are not left out because knitters get stressed too yeah and we need to make sure that both no crocheters and knitters can make a stress ball is there something special that you put into a stress ball to make it or is it just kind of – you just it's just stuffed? Is there anything cool in there that's going to take but there it? There
0: are some options. Um, I mean, it's easiest just to stick some polyester stuffing in there, right. and that's fun to squeeze as right, well. of course. But, I mean, there are some <laughs> other options you can put um, poly beads in. I've seen some tutorials online where people – um, fill water balloons with cornstarch or flour for that okay. kind of scrunchy... Yeah, so the other
1: scrunchy kind of texture yeah yeah
0: so I dress I had I will address some options in the pattern when it comes out so it just depends on you know if you want to go the easy way or if you want to get a little
1: fancy with it <laughs> yeah the, what level yeah. of stress you're dealing with yeah well, <laughs> you know, if you need to ball you right put away into it. Yeah. you just stop you just do it with regular yes. stuffing you know um, yes <laughs> yeah oh my goodness those who work professionally in the craft world, sometimes the crocheting can become the source of the stress if the deadline is really close. Yes, <laughs> but but do you still find though that what, where stitching you can kind of get lost if it's a pattern you've made a million times? Can you kind of get kind of lost in in your work where it's not like you're you're like answering a bunch of email or doing paperwork? I mean, is it still can you still get to that zen like moment with your stitching, even though you've been doing this a long time for work?
0: Definitely. I mean, I think the cool thing about crochet knitting is that, I mean, once you get to a certain level, you can do other things while you're doing that. So I can watch mm-hmm. all my junky TV, <laughs> which on its own is very stress relieving. Right. And then I can still be productive, which to me is stress relieving to be productive. Like it makes me feel good. Right. You know?
1: Right. You're getting stuff done and you're also entertained yeah. at the same time. Yep.
0: Yeah. And there, when I was still working out the pattern for the lemon, you know, now I have like you know, tons of these lemons and I put them in my kitchen and it, I mean, even just looking at them, they're cute. I mean, that's already stress relieving They just, yeah. like, you know, brighten up the kitchen just that they exist there. And I'm sure when you give them to somebody, you know, knowing that you put this love and this time into this gift for them also just makes them feel good.
1: So there's just a lot of a lot of feel good in this whole project, which I think is really awesome. Crafting does have some very um, wonderful healing properties. And yes, have you felt in your life? I mean, have you used crafting to get you through any stressful times? I mean, can you actually, you know, say, oh, yeah, you know what? There are a couple of times when this is what got me through. Um, has that been a, you know, a saving grace for you? Again, for me, productivity is a mood booster. hmm.
0: So the fact that I can just sit there and make something that didn't exist before is great distraction from whatever it is you might be working through. So Mm. for sure, like even, you know, though I'm super busy, like I'm so thankful for it because if you're dealing with some other like, you know, personal stuff or whatever, like. You know, you can always – it's like you can rely on yourself to make this really cool
1: thing and that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, and it's very empowering too. Yes, totally. So I think when you can make something yourself start to finish – you feel like uh, a little bit of a craft superhero and yeah. then um, you can put on a toast scarf or a jelly bean yeah. scarf and really rock and um, and these are great conversation starters too you know oh, when sure. you can, when yeah. you can make something and i don't have to tell you this because you're the lady with pink hair that going around yeah. in, in cool scarves you know and do you do you wear your stuff a lot do you find that you wear it a you lot? know what i
0: do you? and people are like don't people stop you and ask you all the time and like I don't know if the people of San Francisco are jaded but I don't really but my f- <laughs> my friends in other cities will be like I was wearing one year scarves and you know these ladies were asking me and I gave them your card and I'm like that never happens to me I don't know if I look scary or like mean I don't know what's happening but
1: <laughs> will you be traveling with this next book do you think do you plan to try to go around and I know your publisher will factor into that decision but um Do you want to go visit some people?
0: I'm not sure that, yeah,
1: my publisher will organize
0: anything this time. Um, But I think what my plan is, I don't often travel for craft fairs, but I think what I'll do is um, when the book comes out that year, kind of intentionally try to hit more craft fairs out of the city, because they often will have um, like a signing table, which is What I did partially um, the first time I went on a book tour is I would either do like a bookstore signing um, or a yarn store signing or I would sign at craft fair. So I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, if I'm going to vend at a craft fair anyway, I might as well sort of link these two things together. Right, right. Um, So I think that'll be my plan. Like I have a friend in Seattle who runs a craft show and I already said I would – um, ben herb show and I, I mean renegade isn't like my favorite craft fair and they're all over the place I can just sort of ride the renegade craft fair wave Right, you <laughs> they'll should, have yeah, me you should, yeah you, you know? sure
1: could I don't know if there's any other news or anything else that you have up your sleeve that you like to share with the folks at home
0: the book is probably my biggest news although it's kind of a delayed gratification thing since that won't be out until next year
1: <laughs> but there's a lemon coming out a lemon
0: pattern there is can look and forward I'm to that and not only is the pattern going to come out, what was it, April 6th? April I 6th. believe
1: it is April 6th, yes.
0: Um, but I'm also going to uh, create a YouTube tutorial for that. So people who are more visual learners for crochet will be able to sort of crochet along with me and
1: oh, make excellent. the lemon with
0: me. Excellent. So um, I haven't filmed that yet, but I'm going to do that soon
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah so do you do your own filming of that do you do your own uh, have your own setup or do you have someone work with you,
0: you no know, they're super cash like it's not a professional setup it's just me and my craft room um you can hear my dogs barking in the background it's just <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty like breezy and it's just sort of like we're hanging out crocheting together so it's nothing yeah. fancy
1: well that's cool that's cool and so how many, you have two dogs you said yes yeah well that's fun do they have crocheted accessories
0: you know, I'm kind of one of those people who I just feel like putting clothing on dogs is weird. <laughs> so I don't often I, I do have one pattern where
1: we're sort of like, um,
0: bare ears for myself and my dog. And okay. that was the one dog pattern I put out kind of on a whim. But
1: well, it sounds like you're having a great time with your business. Do you have to work at all doing other things? Or is it 100% Twinkie Chan brand stuff that you're doing? I mean, do you have another day job or anything else that you do?
0: I do not currently have another day job. I'm always wondering if I should do something <laughs> on the side. Like, I'm always prepared, Yeah. Um, frankly. Well, I mean, you know, because you never know what's going to happen. Well, so, you have.
1: You also have yeah. – you take sponsorships on your website as well. So does that help yes. you? Is that something that's kind of helps sustain? Is, is it helps that... a
0: little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's not a lot. It's something I – I mean, I've been doing that for a year. I still feel like I'm still figuring out if it's working for me, if, if it's working for other people. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know.
1: I don't know what I'm doing, but I just thought I would try it. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I'm kind of exploring some possibilities too, because I think that's one of the things too, is that any of us who want to do this creative work full time, it's, it's like you have to figure out like multiple revenue streams to keep yes. it going. But I think it forces us to be creative. Because oh, for sure, you have to, and you get open-minded. Complacent. Yeah, you can't yeah. become complacent or like, oh yeah, I'm just in this routine. Thank you so much, and have a great night. Thank you. Have a great night too. Well, it wasn't that fun. I'm starting to feel a little better already. I'm a lot less stressed than I was, and I still haven't had a chance to make a stress ball yet. So once I do that, I mean, I'm going to be I'm going to be rock solid. Again, you can go to craftsanity.com to find links to Twinkie Chan and all her cool work and her Etsy shop and. You know, you can snag a scarf. Uh, I think you'll—I mean, talk about stress relief. You put on a fun food, food-themed scarf, and you're going to be—you can't help but be cheerful, right? Head over to uh, craftsanity.com to check out those links and also see the patterns for the knitted and crocheted lemon stress balls. You know, you want one, folks. <laughs> you can also leave a comment about the show. I know that something weird is kind of happening where. People are not really commenting on blogs anymore. And while I love the fact that I don't have haters going to hate on my website, I don't have to worry about that so much anymore because people just don't even leave comments. It would be nice to hear from you guys. So drop me a line, send me an email, and uh, you can reach me at jennifer at craftsanity.com. And I just want to thank Twinkie for being such a great guest. I had a great time and I wish you all the best. And for all you folks at home, thank you for being patient. Uh, it took me an extra day to get this podcast out, and I really appreciate your patience. Keep those ideas coming. If you want to hear from a particular artist or crafter in our lovely community, let me know. You can reach me, Jennifer at craftsanity.com. I'd be happy to add your suggestions to my list. So I am going to uh, sign off quickly because I need to get back to work on this school project that I have going. And I'll fill you guys in on what I'm doing. It's a pretty intense writing project. It has moved me to tears multiple times. And this is a good thing. These are good tears. It's sad. And it's also um, been a great source of inspiration for me as an educator and just as a person and a writer and a journalist. So I'm kind of treating this semester as if it's my last semester and trying to make it really count. And it's been cool to see what can happen when you put that much energy into something. So send me good vibes. Squeeze those lemon stress balls for me (laughs) because I need all the creative superpower I can get to get through this next couple weeks of just intense deadline work. So thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I hope you're all well and feeling super creative and energized. I will be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, Craft Sanity, my friends, it works for me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Craft Sanity Podcast. To support the show, click the Patreon link at craftsanity.com to donate $1 a month or
0: buy a handmade loom or magazine at craftsanity.etsy.com. Same time now.